In this week of Friends Fit 40s, we're going to talk all about the Goldilocks rule. We're going to apply it to our racing, and we're going to challenge you to apply it to your world. Get your notebooks ready. Friends Fit 40s is coming up. Friends Fit 40s is brought to you by Laura Mullenbrook and Stephanie Whiteman. This is a podcast about our fitness and wellness journey. We are two working moms who seek to live our best life. However, we are novices in the world of fitness. We are excited to share our ups, our downs, and our roadblocks. Our journey has led us to emphasize the value of friendship, cooperation over competition, and celebrating the small victories along the way. This podcast is an invitation for you to laugh with us and actively construct your best day today and then again tomorrow. Welcome to Friends Fit 40s. Laura, I think this week is right up your alley. Okay, what's it about, Stephanie? Well, it's about Goldilocks and her three bears. Oh, yes. Well, you know... She was a pesky little little visitor. You have to say, I always tell my kids, don't be a Goldilocks. Don't be going into people's houses and eating their food and sitting in their chairs and sleeping in their beds. That's not okay. Well, when you look at it that way, it is kind of a strange story. <laughs> right? Yeah. It kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> I never really thought about it like that. Yeah. Probably shouldn't go into other people's houses right. and, and, you know, eat their, their food. food. Set in their chairs and sleep in their beds. <laughs> However, James Clear, the author of Atomic Habits, did write about Goldilocks in a way that is applicable to our world right now. He did. He did. He talked about this thing called the Goldilocks rule. I had not heard about this until you started talking about it. I finished up the book Atomic Habits this week on my ride to work in the morning. So because my job is so far from home, I try to either listen to a couple podcasts. Of course, Friends Fit 40s is on Monday mornings. Of course, number one, yes. Monday mornings. And then also on some other mornings, I will try to listen to some type of a book on audio because I, that way I feel like my 45 minutes spent in the car each day is going to something good. And I, you'll probably finish a book about every other week or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, sometimes I, you know, am running late. And so I get in the car and I don't accidentally, I don't press play. And so I do listen to music. But yeah, I can get through, you know, a book pretty quickly. Awesome. So yeah. So he was saying about this Goldilocks rule that basically... That humans experience peak motivation when they're working on tasks right on the edge of their current abilities. And I was like, ah, yeah. Essentially making the Goldilocks rule saying, not too hard, not too easy, but just right. So in education, we learned all about this. At least I learned as an undergrad that we call that like the zone of proximity. Yeah. Development. Yes. Vygotsky is this educational theorist. Yes. He, he says the same thing. He says you can't teach kids things that are too easy. You can't teach kids things that are too hard. But if you partner with them and mm -hmm. teach things that are just above what it is that they're able to do right now, that they'll both learn and be engaged and motivated. Right. So Vygotsky and James Clear. 
are just right on the same page. Different applications, but same concept. Yes. And so as I was listening and he was saying this, one of his examples that he was giving was that if you are a tennis player and you go out and you play a four-year-old in tennis, well, you're going to get bored because that's really too easy. Right. Um, And you're going to be chasing that ball all over the place. You right. might not actually last 10 minutes because I can imagine that ball just hidden right to the creek. Yeah. Yeah. Or you're just going to be picking it up because it's not going to go very far. Right. But on the flip side, if you go and you play Serena Williams, you're going to quit because it's going to be too hard. Yep. So you have to find somebody who is about your level to continue the sport of tennis. And so I was thinking, I was like, ah, you know, we've just come off this deload week and, you know, trying to get that motivation back. I mean, you know, we're like less than 90 days away from running 13.1 miles. Yes. So I was, it was, it just, it was kind of an aha moment for me as I was going to work thinking about, you know, okay, so we've run eight miles. So how are we going to get to 13? And finding that moment of the just right amount of running and workout to keep us motivated. Yeah. All right. It's a challenge. I love a good challenge. So James Clear is giving us a lens through this Goldilocks rule to think about our motivation and creating these livable habits. Um, He also suggests that you make your progress measurable in little bitty increments so that along the way you can measure that progress and show that growth, which is easy when it's a number, right? Yes. And it's more hard when it's maybe less tangible. Right. But I think about video games and why why they're so engaging to people. It's because they do the same thing. They figure out, a video game figures out right what your level is, automatically amps it up just a little bit. And then once you get to that spot, you get a reward of some kind. Right. In like the form of coins or extra heartbeats or whatever it whatever, is. Whatever, yeah. And so I think it's just about figuring out how to make all of these other things, those like little bitty steps. Extra lives. Yeah. We need the extra lives. Yes, that's exactly what it is. So hopefully James Clear will appreciate that we're going to have that extra red life heart right right above our heads as we go on towards our, our training for our workouts. many days do we have until our half marathon? I think it's 85. Okay. So there's a countdown. We are on it. And because we are 85 days out, we have got to find a solid race plan so that we can get from our eight and a half miles to our 13.1 by half marathon day and still have enough energy To go through the parks. To go through the parks, right? right? So we have been working really hard to select the perfect race plan for us. Uh, We have built our base, right? We've been running for about two years, and we started at that 20 minutes, and we've been gradually increasing along the way. 
So now we're at that point where we've never quite run as far as we've run, but we're not necessarily beginners either. Right. So it makes it tricky because a lot of those half marathon plans are like you've never run before. And it's taking you from ground zero to 13.1. And so like your first week, your long run is supposed to be like 3.1 miles. And we're like, well, we do that on like a short day. So we want to find one that's not too hard, not too easy, but just right. So to keep us motivated and really to work us out in the right way so that we are prepared to do the best that we can when it gets to race day. Yes. And that also should provide motivation for those of you that might not have been running as long that you can still do this half marathon thing too. There are plans out there for you that start at nothing. Right. And will inch you up video game style until the point where you can run a half marathon as well. So, Laura, what kind of plans have you looked at and what are you thinking at this point? You know, when you sign up for the Walt Disney World half marathon, they actually say, hey, here's a plan. But when I looked at that plan, Stephanie, you know, because I thought, well, it's given out by Walt Disney World and we are running the Walt Disney World. So that seems like a, a likely choice. But that one kind of seemed like it was for beginners. Okay. Um, so not people who've been running for two years, not people who have the base like we have. So I kind of moved past that one, not thinking that that one was going to benefit us in the way that we needed it to. All right. So the Walt Disney Marathon training plan looked like about three days of running a week. Mm-hmm. And it started off with a walk run. Yes. And then it, the long runs were starting at that like 3.1. Right. So if you are somebody that is just starting your run training, this might be a good idea for you. Yeah. Something that starts off with a walk run and has a long run starting about three. Mm-hmm. And you could do a couch to 5K to get those long runs up to three. Right. Uh, so just some thoughts there. So what did you look for next? I don't even know how I came across it. It might have been Instagram. I'm, I'm going to guess probably it was on Instagram. The Nike Run Club. So I have the Nike Workout app and I've done that some. In fact, I did the workout app breaks down workouts to like ability level. So beginner, moderate, you know, experienced. But then it also was nice because it breaks it down to body groups. So if nice. you want to work just your abs or if you want to work um, your arms or back, um, and then it also goes into the fact that do you have equipment or no equipment? Okay. So it's a great free app out there. If you're wanting um, someone to tell you what to do and when to do it, I would check out the Nike workout app. I'm, I'm not saying that name exactly because I'm really going to focus on this Run Club app here in a minute. But I actually did the the workout one right before my surgery to try to just do some few extra ab workouts like a couple weeks prior because I really wanted those abs to be strong going into abdominal surgery. So that's on a side note. So then I found the Nike Run Club app and it talked about how you could pick like a half marathon or 10K, you know, running training plan. And so that one has you running about four to five days a week and different types of runs. So one long run a week, a speed run, 
kind of like I did a fart lick workout, my recovery runs, things like that. And so that seems like it's a little bit more our speed, but I am having a little difficulty figuring out like how to use the app with the plan. I'm a visual person. And so I really just want it all written out. Okay. Like, this takes you like you type in the the day of your event mm-hmm. and um, it tells you how many weeks you have to go. And then it talks about the different types of runs and then there's appropriate rest days in between because we know that that's important as well. But I haven't quite figured out like because they want you to take the app and use the app to like map your run, mm-hmm. whereas that's not necessarily something I don't always take my phone with me when right. I run. So that's the tweak I need to figure out with that one. It seems like a legitimate plan in the fact that it's going to be more on our level as far as we're not beginners, but I'm not sure how to use it if I'm not going to have my phone with me. I got gotcha. you. Every time. So okay. that's that's the, the glitch on that one. All right. So then the third one that you looked at. So I was looking Runner's World magazine. And I know that we both kind of peeked at that some. And I seem to really like it. I think I might even like want a subscription, though. We can get it free with our library app. You can get it free with your library card, so, which is fantastic. That's right. So they had several running plans. Yes, they did. So it kind of based on what you thought your time was going to be. Yes. And so they basically said, if you are going to run under an hour and a half, here's a plan for you. If you're going to run under two hours, here's a plan for you under 215. So they kind of broke it up that way. They also gave plans that you would lay out for the entire 12 weeks. And so you could see the whole thing. Right. And, and that's what I think going. might be helpful because I, I, I'm a bit, like I said, I want to write it all down and then, you know, put it in my notebook and turn the page week to week so that we can really, you know, and we can write down, okay, on this run, you know, the plan told us to do this and this is what we did so that we can measure our progress and really see it all visually. So that might be the way to go. It might, yeah, it might be, it might be good to kind of meld the runner's world and the Nike run club. So use the runner's world plan as our base plan and then plug it into the run club and see what else they come up with throughout the week. And then maybe add in like a fartlek workout or a hill workout or something like that. Because I think that we need to continue using those alternative workout run Mm -hmm. workouts in order to continue to grow our speed and our strength. I agree. All right, so that's just a little bit of insight into our Goldilocks effect as we're thinking about our race plan and what we're going to do. mentioned during our first segment that we had a deload week this past week. And so we're just going to revisit what is a deload week. Go ahead, Laura. What is a deload week? A deload week is something that you should do every two to three months. You really need to drop back on training. It's a reason to, you know, take a break um, you don't. It doesn't mean to like sit around and binge Netflix and eat Cheetos. <laughs> Although that might be fun, <laughs> right? Because you know, kind of, you might think that when it says deload week, like you're not going to work out. But whether it's running at less percentage of what you are capable of, or just you know, really 
um, bringing it back and walking instead of running, um, yoga instead of weights to give your body a chance to recover from intense training and also your mind. Because when you're in a strong training program, it can be exhausting. And so it's it's important to do, um, like I said, every two to three months to have a deload week. And so we decided before we were going to ramp up for this half marathon training plan that we probably should do that. Because we've been training essentially most of the summer into the school year starting. Yes. So. And we were exhausted entering the deload week. The nice thing about a deload week is that like it's a prescribed amount of time. And so we knew going into it that we were going to have this six to seven days where we were going to do different kinds of workouts. We were still going to have workouts as placeholders, but we weren't going to do the heavy lifting and the heavy running that we had been doing right up until then. And it provided us an opportunity to just kind of take a breath, to rest our muscles, to make sure that everything was kind of ready to go. Uh, to hit the ground literally running for our half marathon training. But what I noticed during our deload week was that emotionally I was drained from not working out. I was just uh, like sluggish and How crazy sad. is that? It is crazy. And it was like my body had depended upon uh, the endorphins or endocannabinoids or whatever it is that that I get during workouts. And when uh, I took that away, even a little bit away, it seemed like I was um, having a rough time. And so I was proud of myself for identifying my mood, right? So I was thinking, I'm not having a great day. Things are not going well. At first, I was like, what's going on? And then realizing that maybe if I do this, this, and this, I'll be able to kind of up that mood and up that energy. And uh, part of that was I probably need to go on walks. I probably need to do yoga. I probably need to do these things even during a load week so that I can maintain that physical activity. But another part of it was also just choosing to spend some time just clearing my mind, Mm -hmm. taking those moments for mindfulness, I'm taking some time to read a book, allowing myself an opportunity to just kind of recharge and uh, half a day to kind of get up and clean up that house and do those things to slowly get through the morning so that I could feel better by the afternoon. Um, So I think that for me, it was just that realization that um, these workouts are so important, not only to my body physically, but to my mind. And to be aware of when I'm not giving myself that all the time, that I need to consciously think about things that I can do in order um, to not slug through a day. <laughs> that was so well put. Yes, I, I it makes sense to me. And I think, I think that's hard sometimes as moms um, and as working moms to allow yourself that time, that me time, that exercise time. Because not only is it important for your bodies and your physical state, but for that mental state. And then I can be a better mom and a better wife and a better teacher when I am giving myself that time. Yes. Which is, it's a good thing to remind myself. So, Laura, it is now time for our weekly homework. 
All right. So we talked about the Goldilocks rule and uh, how this can apply to any of your goals, right? So think about what are your goals? What are you working on? And uh, what is something that you can break up into easier tasks and then level them up like little steps getting increasingly harder? So take a moment and write about that in your notebook. What are those goals and how can you apply the Goldilocks rule to them? And in the meantime, enjoy your week. Go. Move. Breathe. Share kindness with others. You You got got this. Friends Fit 40s, subscribe to our podcast, leave a review and share the podcast with your friends. Tag us when you share so we know you are enjoying our work. Also, follow us on Instagram. Feel free to email us at friendsfit40s at gmail.com with your thoughts and comments. We'd love to hear from you. 